Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Other Side NDE, where we talk about the fascinating phenomena of near-death experiences. These are more than just close calls. These are first-hand accounts of what people experienced dying, leaving the body, exploring another realm, and then returning to their body in order to share that experience with you. Every person that we interview and many of us listeners believe these accounts to be undeniably true experiences people had on the other side. If you enjoy listening to stories like these, make sure to check out our YouTube channel, The Other Side NDE, where we post two to three videos every week of people sharing their NDE stories. Good afternoon, fellow seekers. Hi, I'm Claudia Edge, and I have been invited to share an experience with you. That's why I'm in front of you. I died. It's been a number of years ago. I was 30 years old. I'm almost 70 now, so it's been a minute. But it's vivid. It never leaves you. When, once you visited the other side, there's just... There's nothing like it. And I'd like to tell you about it and some things that have happened since that might be of interest. You know, there are a lot of us out there talking about near-death experiences. And I know there are a lot of, of you seeking answers out there. And I try to give, um, because I've had so many little downloads, memories, um, instances after my near-death experience, I wanted to include those too something of interest, something that may give you an aha today. And so I'm going to do my best. Again, I was 30 years old. I was pregnant. I was about to give birth any day. I was approaching my uh, due date, had an absolutely normal pregnancy. I was a healthy young mother and really nothing should have gone wrong. But I found myself thinking all day that I should go and be checked. I should go to the hospital and be checked. And it's one thing that I wanted to share with you guys as far as instinct and that gut feeling that you get. And, you know, you, you think, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I go there? Should I turn right? Should I turn left kind of thing? And follow your own. Nobody is smarter. Nobody in, in uh, your own head, your own gut is your best answers. And for me, I did. I followed that instinct and I went to the hospital and I said, look, I, 
I'm not in pain. I don't know. I'm not necessarily anxious, but something is not quite right. And I'd like to be checked. You know, when you say I'm not having attractions, no. You know, my attention seeker, <laughs> I don't know. They, they finally said, here, here's a gown. We'll check you out. And so I went into the examination room and put the gown on. And I'd only been in there, oh, under five minutes when I noticed drops of blood on the floor. And then it was more than that. In fact, you know, shock alert here, but if you've ever seen The Shining and when the elevator door opens and this rush of blood comes out, that it was like buckets dropping. It was my, what had happened, and I'll tell you now, because I sometimes I forget to mention that it was my placenta which is a filter between mother and baby and regulates the baby, feeds the baby, all of that good stuff. It's necessary in a pregnancy. Mine had been filling up with blood and it would have gotten bigger and tighter and firmer, full of blood. And for whatever reason, it was not exiting. And so each pump of blood into it, it just got totter and totter until it exploded. And thank God I'd followed my instinct to be at the hospital when this happened. Within minutes, an intern was found, and he proclaimed, this lady's got two minutes of life left. This is how fast things changed for me, my life, my family, everything. Um, they basically pushed me down on a gurney, and they could not get a heartbeat on my baby, and very distressing for you know, a young mother to hear these things. And my concern was, please save my baby. And they basically brought in a scalpel to the examination room. Again, no time, um, no time for operating room or anesthesia or oxygen or, you know, a warm blanket, even an aspirin was out of the question. They held down my arms and legs and proceeded to cut my baby out gory, awful, terrible. The non-pain that I had been in earlier was gone now. <laughs> it was it was so bad. It was so painful. And between this horrible room of blood and gore, they had to move my organs out of the way to get to the baby. And at one point, as I was being held down and what I, the only thing that part of me that I could move was that writhing of my head back and forth. I, that was the only thing I could do. And, and as I was going back and forth, I looked and noticed that a nurse was actually wrapping this gray rope around her arm. And the pain was so bad, realizing it was my intestines. It was pretty darn dire. And I just got to a point when when they lifted that little lifeless body from me, just everything added up to, you know, I'm out of here. And what I wanted to express, too, was, you know, the dying process, you know, that's no fun, definitely. But for those of you who are, who are afraid of death, the actual death, that movement between this lifetime this earth life and into that um, unknown, I just like to offer that it is not a big deal. It really was familiar 
like I have done this before, like it was muscle memory to float. I was going through walls in the hospital. I was really kind of having a good time at first after I had, you know, just checked out, checked out the body, checked out the room and went, and my body, let me add here. I mean, I was still me. I was still Claudia. Everything up here, my memories, my thoughts, my personality was intact. The only thing that I had left behind was this shell, this outer shell, my overalls, my, you know, my work outfit for Earth. Um, it was like I didn't need it anymore. And so I shed it and I was free and I explored the hospital. I won't tell you all of all of the shenanigans, but I ended up in a gentleman's room and kind of doing a, you know, thing in front of him. And he didn't know I was there. And that's when I realized I was dead. I didn't, it was so natural before that I honestly had not had that thought come through my head that, oh my goodness, I'm dead. So as soon as I thought that, I was in this another place, another dimension that it was instantaneous and I was in this vastness. It was, it's really hard to describe. Earth words are really limited and which is one of the problems I had about talking about my NDE because I was in this amazing place that was everything and nothing all at the same time. And it was in complete and total darkness. It was black. It was, if I'd had a hand, I wouldn't have been able to see it in front of my face. But it wasn't scary. It wasn't unnatural. It wasn't negative. It was absolutely perfect. I was so loved. I was so held and comforted and cradled within this alive, um, intelligent. I don't. I, I, I'm reaching for another Earth word here because it was. It knew everything about me, and it just swaddled me like a loved child and I was completely satisfied to be in this place and it wasn't uh it wasn't long before I started to hear being called back to earth this was of the other side this is what my immediate experience gave me was a perfect place of total darkness so when I woke up in the hospital now a prime candidate for research study because I was completely lucid within my death experience. I had no drugs, anything, no anesthesia to contend, you know, with as far as, oh, you know, she's hallucinating, she's on a psycho whatever. Um, no, there was none of that. And, and this was a teaching hospital. And so there was a great interest in what I had seen and felt during this experience. So when I was asked, you know, what, what happened? Where, when you were dead, and they were telling me I was dead, you know, what, who did you see? Did you hear anything? You know, and I didn't have a good answer other than 
I was in absolute peace and absolute perfection in this black space, in this darkness. And I saw negativity from the researcher, you know, taking notes on her billboard. And with that, with that flash of negativity, I realized that this was going to be something that I was going to have to, because I couldn't explain it, because I'd never heard an NDE like it. You know, who was I and how come my experience wasn't wonderful? Seeing the garden, you know, seeing the river of life, you know, the mountaintop, you know, being with grandma, you know, any of those wonderful things that you as, as seekers, I'm sure have heard, you know, it just wasn't there. And so if this researcher is going to pause and go, hmm, I wondered what my family, what my friends, what my religion, those, you know, neighbors and that who might judge as I spoke openly about this. So I didn't, I didn't speak about it. I didn't speak about it for 25 years. Um, I kept it sacred and within me until I could understand it. And I went on with my life and busy mom, a lot of kids running around. <laughs> but as they grew, it started to pop back up. And I started to question again, where had I been and how come, you know, wasn't I that good? You know, did I not deserve the kind of heaven that I, others had, you know, others talked about in their near-death experiences. And I started to pray about it, and I asked about it, and I wanted to know my guide, and, and it became a real, a real need for me to, to find out how come, and was there, I just felt like there was so much more, and how come I had only only had recall of, you know, someone want, wanted to call it the void, and I was like, no, because a void to me is void of something. It's missing something. And I call it vastness because it was so big. It was so, it was enormous. It was beyond. And I started having dreams well, I was having dreams, but what was happening in my dreams is I was noticing in the corner of just the regular kind of dreams, a my guide was showing up. I didn't know it was my guide at the time, but um, he as when I would notice him that he was doing either weird movements, wearing a weird costume, whatever he could do to get my attention within this dream and still keep me in a sleep state. When I did notice him, He'd hold up a sign and say, pay attention to this or come with me. And he, we would practice that. Well, we he would practice that on me until I got it. And for whatever reason, now I was accompanying him. I was beginning to get downloads of memory. When I went with him, I was attending what I called spirit school because I was giving, you know, when you, you ask the big questions, you know, why are we here? You know, what is my purpose? You know, is there is there a reason? You know, are we just a, a lucky, like a bug on this earth and when it's over, squish and we're done? You know, or was there something 
bigger and better waiting for us and why we're you know i've heard everything from we're here to act perfectly and see if we can't you know come back and fit into to heaven without sin or anything like that um i had all kinds of questions like this and i wanted answers and so i kept asking and during these memory downloads and my spirit school i started getting answers and i can't proclaim to easily give you those answers for one thing because there has to be understanding i'm going to use like an onion um, layering there has to be a foundation of knowledge of you know i get that now we can move on to the second layer and third layer and beyond and so i understand why it's so hard for the other side to just answer our questions because the knowledge is so big our our little brains just can't hold it my little brain couldn't hold it and um but what i was shown was where i had gone and the knowledge that i had received what i was able to bring back i was shown a paper cup and in that cup i had an ocean full of knowledge but it was in little droplets and so i have been examining those little droplets for all of these years one by one and one of the things that i wanted to share kind of a cool aha cuz i haven't heard it much on other nde podcasts so i was like what can i what can i give you today that's maybe a little bit different um and i get a lot of cool different stuff and i write them in my books i've written three books one is gifts from the edge and the other is lessons from the edge and they're all about um my spirit school visits and what i have learned and um things that have been given to me in parable or metaphors or short stories that's how i write my books and those are layering of the knowledge to continue to build that onion to the layers on the onion so little and and you can also find my other podcasts on claudiaedge.com don't mean to give a commercial here but you guys are seekers i'm a seeker i'll never stop it's so wonderful but let me give you one of the aha's that i got because and it was a well okay and here's a funny uh, the other side is just is is hilarious they think they're just they're humorous they think they're just so funny and things will be given in with a smile and a joke or something you know we take life so serious and i think they try and kind of give us a little bit of silly um and one time i asked as i was receiving this message is this a download is this a memory or you know is this spirit school and you know one of the answers was does it matter <laughs> it was like well i guess not as long as i'm getting it i'll i'll keep taking it i'll keep i'll keep taking it in but my memory was of being in a clear kind of like a bubble a sphere or something and i was with my guide and we were traveling through the universe i mean talk about amazing uh experience as we were come we were not doing um 
oh what's the uh on star trek where you're doing that fast blast through the stars it was enough to really take it in it was fast but it was not uh light speed what i can't i forget what they call it but i could see the stars approaching as we would come to a star what i realized is the stars are conscious they were speaking to me they were calling out to me and saying oh claudia's back oh how was it we've missed you welcome back just the such loving loving um things coming my way and i and i'm in this bubble i can hear it i can see perfectly and and the colors as we approach these stars it was like fire it had the yellows and pinks and oranges and and it was it was just amazing and it would leave kind of a tail as we skirted by but then there would be another approaching star that i could i could hear it talking calling out to me in in this praise and in wonderment and happiness to see me it was so it was amazing that i i'm i'm looking at my guide and going the stars can talk the the stars are alive they're real they're you know it's not just a clump of you know uh, gases and metal and dirt and everything else it's like there is consciousness in the universe it was one of my bigger ahas and when i woke up i pondered it for a long time and i kept asking you know are the stars conscious you know are, are we stars you know um a lot of questions and in one dream segment my guide gave me an opportunity to to ask well he pointed up and he says you want to see your brother's star now i have a brother jeff who has been in the gym his entire life. He's a little bit younger than me, not much, but he's been muscled and, you know, suntanned and oiled down for his entire life. And gym is a really big thing for him. And when my guide pointed to Jeff's star, the star kind of did a, you know, a little, you know, um extra twinkle, shall we put it, a little show-off twinkle. And I went, "Oh my god, that's my brother." that's Jeff Star perfectly again i had to ponder you know it's like this is you know are we stars you know how are we here and how are we a star you know i don't have all the answers i'm still mortal i've only been able to begin to carry back so much knowledge from my my nde so i'm still seeking i'm out there listening to other podcasts and that as i i'm looking for more pieces to my own spiritual puzzle but what i got a few months ago and this i i haven't talked about on any shows because i wanted to say something special for you guys was i had another dream experience a few months ago and it was about being in a, a, a nebula i was up in the universe and i was accompanied by a lot of little children now um again i've mentioned my age you know i was a kid in the 50s and we dressed different you know um and what was shown me was in kind of that black and white brown um it wasn't full on color you know visual it was showing me the age of these children 
which were right about third grade, maybe fourth grade, but quite young, but not babies. And they were calling them primaries. And when you get information from the other side, they usually try and relate it to something because I'm not saying that I was, say, eight years old or something. What I'm, what it is equating to is my progression to that point, my spiritual progression to that point. My education was right about in that level. I could be eons before that, but in my educational, spiritual achievements and whatnot, this is where I was. And I'll, I'm gonna, I'll send a picture of, of uh, that to help. So here I am in a nebula where stars are being formed with these children. And we were lined up and we were expecting something. We were being given a gift. Our gift was our own star. And we were in wait for the birth of each star. And what was shown to me, again, you know, metaphor examples, right? It's not exactly how it happens on the other side, but things are shown so that I can, you know, I can wake up, I can write them down, I can repeat them to you. So this is what I saw was a tube type thing, huge, of course, um, with this rolling mass of gases and, you know, dirt and energy and everything else that will compress and um, make a planet, make a star. And it was rolling around in this tube and rising little by little as it compressed and, and formed. And when it got towards the top, the child who was waiting for their star was given an opportunity to make it their own, to decorate it. Again, an example. <laughs> but I remember a little girl in front of me, she wanted hers to be pink. She was going to have a pink star. And there was another little boy who really wanted to make it different. He was into Lincoln logs, you know, those little wooden logs that fit together. And he was building some kind of little tower things on the outside of it. So it just had these funky things all over it. That was his star. I woke before I had the opportunity to decorate mine. I only wonder what I would have come up with or what I did come up with for my star. But it really answered the question of, you know, we are starseed. We are from the stars. We do have a permanent place to go. This is, you know, there's still more coming, more information on this. But I thought I would give you something a little bit different today from my NDE. So I'm trying to think if there was any more that I wanted to tell. There's so much more I'd want to tell you, but we have limited time here today. But I wanted to offer, um, when you look up to the stars tonight, understand that they're not just a pretty background, you know, for romance. Um, they're intelligent and they know us. and they are us. Thanks for listening. I'm Claudia Edge. Bye-bye.